The following episode of Geeks and Beats contains language or subject matter that may be unsuitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. How you doing? I'm okay. I finished that Geeks and Beats back to school gift guide tour this week. Oh, you did? Okay. And yeah. where, where were the last gigs? Were, were they around here? Around, uh, uh, they were. It, it was uh, Hamilton, Ontario uh, for CHCH uh-huh. in Television City which is the name of the building where the uh, broadcaster works out of. Beautiful old, you know, gothic building. And CTV Kitchener, where it was amazing, the studio environment, like the, the building itself, the hallways, the doors with the labels on them. It was like right out of 1960. It was like Ron Burgundy Anchorman. <laughs> I love those old TV studios. In fact, I think... Where was I? I was in London, Ontario. I was at the CTV studios in London, Ontario. Same kind of thing. And, you know, the old stone building with these high curved doors and uh, all kinds of gear just kind of jammed in wherever they could put it. And Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. It also gives you an indication as to how much money they've thrown into the place since they first built the damn thing, which is nothing. Uh, And on top of that, they had a whole bunch of studios that were empty that previously had gear that at some point, maybe it was a transition from standard definition to high definition, that they just pull this gear out and then never use the studio again. So it was like a shell of its former self and sort of indicative of the state of the industry. State of of radio, state of... uh any kind of um, traditional media. Yeah. I was in the Toronto Sun building not that long ago. Oh, did you I, have to have a shower after? Well, no, that wasn't the issue <laughs> because there was nobody there. I went into the yeah. newsroom and there were these long, long tables filled with computer monitors with nobody sitting at them. Okay, let's forget about old media. Let's talk about new media. All right. The live on Facebook Live show from my back deck is this coming Sunday, August 26th, and we are getting closer and closer. Our producer, Vanessa Azoli, has secured, courtesy of our friends at Sure, the necessary gear to sort of put the final pieces together. Would you like me to show you the photos? Uh, Yeah, send them over. You've gone way overboard with this. I know, I know. And and this is why I asked if you want to check this out a little. Uh, Knowing that nobody else is going to be able to see this until the actual show. Okay. Here you go. Here's one. That's my dining room table right now. Oh, God. What? It's like a television studio blew up in my living room. Okay, so uh, you've got two monitors there, one landscape, one portrait. Portrait because we'll be broadcasting the live on Facebook Live show via Facebook in portrait mode. Did you know that someone is nine times more likely to watch a video to completion if it's in vertical video, not traditional landscape? Really? Because what? They have to go through the trouble of actually turning their phone 90 degrees? Not only is that a pain in the ass, but then try holding your phone in that frame for any substantial length of time. It's just simply not designed to be held in the 16 by 9 aspect ratio. It's really meant to be consumed for any length of time in 9 by 16. All right, so we're going to be really, really tall in this one. Um, Hang on, that's one. Are those lav lav mics? I have not one, not two. I have six lavalier microphones, like a professional television studio, like you put on your lapel. I've got one for you, one for me, one for Ed the Sock, one for Brittle Star, one for Chef Mike Benninger, and of course, a spare. 
Holy crap. Those are expensive. They are. And again, sure, cover the entire cost for us. Okay, hang on. And what is this underneath the monitor yeah. that is I'm in, so excited about it. in portrait mode? The little colored buttons on the box? What's that? It's called a stream deck. And it's 15 programmable LCD buttons. So when you press the button, it can change what the button does depending on which button you've pressed. So, for example, the top right corner where it says break one in red, when Uh you press that button, it changes a whole bunch of features in the broadcasting software, changes the label to break two, and all the buttons that were previously required for the first segment disappear and are replaced with the necessary buttons for the second segment. You realize that this is just a Facebook Live broadcast and not some sort of satellite transmission to the world, right? True, true. But I did walk away from a 30-year mainstream media career to focus on digital, and I figure if I pull this out of my ass, that's not going to look very good on me. Yeah, this is... Uh... Also, if this thing goes down in a ball of flames, it's not going to look good at me on me either. <sighs> All right, so we do have a, what would we call this, a technical dress rehearsal or a full-on dress rehearsal? We, we have a technical rehearsal on Wednesday. The dress rehearsal with you is on Friday, and then the big show is that Sunday night. So what are we going to do on Friday? Are we just going to block everything? On Friday, you're going to sit in your chair, and we're going to tell you where to look. Okay. And then we'll we'll run through some of the segments that we'll do so we get a sense of it. It'll help the crew understand as well, because this is not a, a professional broadcast situation. We don't have little earpieces where we can communicate with the control room and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be for our director, Sean Jete, a real fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants night. Not the least of which, of course, is because we got Ed the sock on the show. And, well, okay, we have no idea what he's going to say or what he's going to do, so that could be a um, bit of a loose cannon there, but that's that's fine. Uh, I mean, we aren't broadcast, we aren't bound by Canadian Broadcast Standards Council rules. Or No, or, we can say whatever we want. Yeah, okay, so... It's kind of like rebel media. Yeah, okay, so no, there's... Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so there's, there's going to be a little, um, uh, probably a little bit of cursing, I would imagine. If it's Ed, it could very well be the case. Um, but then I think we're going to cleanse the palate with the Internet's favorite dad, Brittle Star, immediately after him. But because we're doing this in a Johnny Carson late show style, Ed's just going to move down the couch. And so my concern is, is that he's going to run roughshod over whoever the second guest is, whether it be Brittle Star or someone else. How long is this program actually going to be? Officially or actually? No. How long of a broadcast can viewers expect to see? I suspect, and I haven't really crunched the numbers just yet because I'm still building the lineup, but it'll probably be an hour to an hour and a half. All right. Because if we give each guest 20 minutes... And then we've got all sorts of ancillary little segments. First of all, this is an interactive thing. People can communicate with us while we're doing it. So I think we should communicate back, don't you? Yeah. All right. So I'll have my phone in my hand or my iPad in my hand and I'll uh, be tweeting stuff out and and reading tweets that come in. So you're looking at that photo. Uh One thing you didn't notice is next to the lavalier microphones behind it is a portrait mode monitor that's black. Yeah. 
I found it in the garbage. Whose garbage? What you were just... I was walking through the neighborhood. Somebody left a 19-inch Samsung flat-screen monitor sitting on the curb with no cables, and I thought, maybe this will work. I brought it home, plugged a cable into it, plugged the power into it. Totally works. We're going to use it as what they call in the TV business a confidence monitor. Oh. That'll be the screen that shows what we're actually broadcasting so you know when you're on the air or not. Right, okay. And it didn't cost us a dime. Do you, do you need another one? I've got a 24-inch one in the basement that I... Yes. You do? Because the green room needs one. Of course. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Pop quiz. Do you know why? And I think you do, because I think I've mentioned this before. Do you know why in the TV world, they call the room where they make the guests wait for their turn to go on TV, the green room? Ed Sullivan's show, The Ed Sullivan Show, had a room where the guests were sequestered as they waited for their turn to go on, and the walls were painted green. So it all goes back to the Ed Sullivan Theater on Broadway in New York. Exactly. Okay. I did not know that. There you go. A little TV trivia for you. This is why people need to listen to this podcast. Okay, fine. Um, Where's your green room going to be? It's going to be my living room, and I'm not repainting the walls for the show. No. Wifey would pitch a fit. The girls are extricating themselves from the house. As they should, because this is going to be a nightmare. I warned them that while the guests and the crew will start arriving about 6, 6.30, that I've got to start setting gear up because the second photo I'll send you is of all of that crap packed into boxes behind my dining room table, uh, which is still quasi taking up the room, but at least we can have a meal. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to unload it, set it all up, get it all ready in advance. So uh, I suggested the girls leave around four and not come back till after the streetlights are on. This is Sunday night. What about Friday for the rehearsal? They're going to be there? Yeah, they'll be there. Okay. But it's not going to be as nuts. What time does that start? Uh, On Friday, six o'clock. Okay, I will... uh get there as soon as I can after my my appointment at three. Okay, fine. All right. Okay, you didn't notice on this photo one last thing. Um, okay. Hang on that on. button box. Uh, okay. The stream deck, which, by the way, is meant for Twitch streamers and things like that. So it was an absolute bitch to reprogram for the kind of stuff we're doing. You may notice on the bottom row, second from the right, the middle row, second from the right, and the top row, second from the right, three buttons. One of them does this. The other one does this. And the third one's sad trombone. Really? <laughs> You've keyed sound effects? And the thing is, is neither you nor I will be in control over when those sound effects trigger. Oh, fantastic. It's going to be up to a whole third party to decide whether or not something's funny, correct, incorrect, or sad. Okay. Uh, are we going to be able to hear these things? Are we, is, is there some sort of audio monitoring going on? Yes, I am repurposing, I am repurposing the Google Home Max that we got <laughs> when we went down to the big launch. Here's the weird thing about that. If you plug an eighth inch jack cable into the back of it, 
it disables the Google Home feature. So you can't call on it to, to tell you answers to questions. Talk about a shortcoming. Uh, well, then it just turns into a wedge monitor. It just turns exactly into a speaker, just a dumb speaker. Huh. Okay. And that will be our... our, that, our that'll be our, our fold back, as it were. Our fold back, yes. Yes. To, to, to slide into the radio term. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated to see this on Friday. Um, you've gone completely nuts. Um, I can hear it in your voice. can hear it in your laugh. I'm so amused with myself. You, you really... <laughs> yeah, I think you are. If nobody watches this, I don't care. Oh, uh, one final thing I don't see on the table. Yes. Uh, bottles of alcohol. No, that was a good point. We were trying to figure out just how liquored up we should get everyone before the show. Well, maybe I should bring my, my own. And Do you want to do a little segment? Because you and I generally start each show with a beverage. I have my martini. Right. Ooh, I almost spilled it all over the table. And you, what do you have today? Um, I have a bottle, uh, or bottle, I have a glass <laughs> of uh, my Russian intelligence, which is a vodka. So should we start the show? <laughs> this particular show. This episode? <laughs> we might as well. All right. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, now available in your grocer's dairy case. Ask for yours today. This is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Featuring musical guest Sting. We're less than a week away from our live on Facebook live show, which sounds really redundant, but it's going to be live and it is going to be on Facebook using Facebook Live. And I'm already upgrading my homeowner's insurance policy. we got to hit the sock. Fred Little Star and Chef Mike Benner joining us live on my back deck. You ever had a neighbor with a noisy dog? A dog that barked for 16 years? We'll introduce you to a woman who took matters into her own operatic hands. Plus, this isn't your mother's vibrator. Oh, no, no, <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, that's no. terrible. Plus, your modern-day personal massage device. And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. So on the journal musicalthings.com, I see a woman has been arrested for blasting her neighbors with the same music for six years. I think we've all had an experience where we have a neighbor that plays their music too loud at inappropriate times of the day or night, and maybe the music they play is absolutely horrible. Do you have any stories like that? I, I, I can give you an example for me. I used to live in a townhome, and every Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, this kid would come with a boombox and his skateboard. And I'd be trying to nap on Sunday afternoons at 2 o'clock. And he would play Belle Biv DeVoe and the song Poison on repeat. Over and over and over again for at least an hour as he did his skateboard moves. So that was the only thing I heard outside my bedroom window. The truck of the skateboard and Belle Biv DeVoe Poison over and over and over again. This has nothing to do with this woman named Eva N. She was uh, she lives on Kossuth Street in a tiny Slovakian town, and 
she had a problem with a neighbor who had a barking dog. She says the dog was giving her headaches. So to combat that, to cover up the sound of the barking dog, she played uh, a a four-minute aria from Verdi's La Traviata, sung by Placido Domingo, uh, on a loop over and over and over again. She would play the same four-minute bit from this CD on a loop starting at 6 in the morning and going until about 10 p.m. every single day. And it wasn't just her playing that thing inside her house. No, no, she had loudspeakers on the balcony, so you couldn't miss it. She started in 1999. Wow, the turn of the last century. I know, and kept this going until 2015. So 16 years and we're just finding out about this crazy now? Well, yeah. Um, she, uh, her house became known as the music house. And uh, the citizens of the town tried talking to her. They called the police. They took her to court. And nothing worked. Uh, even after the dog died, Placido Domingo just kept singing and singing and singing and singing. Um, so finally, this went to a uh, court in, in, uh, in Slovakia. Um, what did I say? Slovenia. No, Slovakia. And uh, they ruled that, yeah, you know what, you had to cut it out. So the music stopped for about two years. But then for some reason in 2017, it started up all over again. And same thing, you know, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., 16 hours a day, seven days a week, the same four-minute Placido Domingo clip. The case wound its way to the Slovakian Supreme Court. It upheld the lower court ruling, uh, but she kept up with the La Traviata from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Sunday. And even the Slovakian president visited the area. <laughs> it's like, is, are you for real? Is is there's really so happening? little going on in your country that. I know. And finally, on Monday the 13th, cops moved in. And she was arrested and charged with harassment and malicious persecution. If she is found guilty, she faces up to three years in prison. Meanwhile, she says, ah, there's nothing wrong with me. My neighbors are crazy. I'm the true victim. They need to be locked up and sent to prison or a psychiatric institution. Uh, So the story is not quite over yet. But uh, if you ever do find yourself in the Slovakian town of, I'm going to try and pronounce it, Sturovo, uh, look for Kossuth Street and ask anybody about the music house occupied by Eva N., or at least it was. I have a confession to make. What's that? I kind of did something similar. Did you really? <laughs> yes. My first house was a townhouse. Uh-huh. And when I moved in, unbeknownst to me, a big fan of Elvis Presley was living next door. And the walls were so intensely thin 
that I felt the vibrations of the Elvis music on the wall. And when I would come home from work, and I was working overnights, when I would come home from work, I thought I left my own radio on. It was so loud. Wow. That it felt like Elvis Presley was dancing in my living room. So, for a short while, my solution was to program my computer so that at three in the morning, when I was at work, as opposed to at three in the afternoon when I was desperately trying to sleep through the Elvis Presley, I queued up my computer to every 20 minutes, which is half a REM cycle, to go, (laughs) but that's it, which would be enough to wake them up, but not enough to wake them up and go, what was that noise? Yeah. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but your brain doesn't re-engage your ears to your brain as quickly as you think. No, I had a problem with the smoke detector, and it would uh, beep intermittently in the middle of the night. And I would wake up and not know why I was awake. I don't know what woke me up other than the worst feeling that something interrupted my sleep. That's not unusual. And because of that exact problem with smoke alarms, it was discovered that children have a tendency to sleep through smoke alarms because their brains haven't yet been programmed to recognize that noise as a negative, Mm. whereas adults would. So the solution, and now if you buy a modern day smoke detector, it will not only go beep, 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 it will also say fire. Yes. Because children are programmed to listen to the sound of adult voices. And so it wakes them up from their deep sleep when they hear an unknown voice in their head. Hmm. And because it's Canada, my smoke detectors now go, fire, fear, fire, (laughs) fear. Can we talk about Sting briefly? Uh, Well, that all depends um, because we've got some substantial sting news to share on the big live on location show coming up. I don't know if you've heard, but it's Sunday, August 26th. Okay. Yeah, this is too big to talk about now. Yeah, let's say that because it's it's too, too much of a, um, a story. Let's save it for the broadcast. You're right. Okay. The visuals would be helpful in this as well. In this particular case, it would be, yes. Right. You know where visuals would also be helpful? This other story I'm seeing on a Journal of Musical Things. Which one? The one about the pop star, her vibrator, and her orgasm-based song? Okay, sure. We'll go with that one. Oh, okay. You th- were thinking of something else? Sure, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, so there's a, a, a singer named Vaughn, V-O-N, and she's from a small Pennsylvania town with a very conservative family. And she became rather fascinated somehow by vibrators. And um, we can post this if you like. She has... Um, Thank God this isn't the live show. No. Or maybe we should save it for the live well, show. Can you, can you, if I play this, can anybody hear it? I need solo satisfaction. Don't need you to make it happen. One woman show with the action. With the action. Oh, see, Bell, you have to pass it. You're too slow with the distractions. One woman show with the action. With the action. Oh, I need solo satisfaction. Don't need you to make it happen. One woman show with the action. With the action, oh, 
based on a vibrator and um and 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 her orgasms and in fact if you go to the story and i've got a link to it someplace uh you can see what her orgasm looks like in pro tools (laughs) so a waveform yes of okay growing up in a small pennsylvania town with a conservative family musician vaughn would get looks for wearing short shorts and dramatic hairstyles quoted as saying i was like eight years old when that was pinned on me before i had any control or understanding of what sexuality even meant i was hypersexualized as a kid well that just deflates this whole story Yeah, I'm going to give you the link here in just a second so you can... Uh, Yeah, you can save it. I'm not interested. Uh, No, I I think this is absolutely fascinating. I mean, you know who did a vibrator song first? I mean, at least the first one that I remember. No. Remember Sookie and Lee from... uh, Oh, from Much Music. From Much Music? She had a song called... Because she was... uh, Was she a comedian or like a beat style performer? Uh, She was was a performance artist, actress. Okay, well, I'll do you one better. If you want to, you know, or do you want less, depending on your perspective. Right. Here's a link for you. Okay. This, um... Oh, Or oh, my bod. What is... This is the 21st century vibrator. Oh, God. And I'll tell you what makes this the 21st century vibrator. In addition to having teledildonics, which means you and your partner can share experiences by your partner triggering the unit for you... Right. The kids today are tying it into adult streaming services where every time a viewer gives them a coin, it vibrates. Oh, interesting. They are making money depending on their vibration reaction. I'm looking at one product here called Light Show. Can you see it? Light show. App control, Bluetooth remote control vibe with five LEDs for the ultimate visual experience. Uh, Introducing light show, a Wi-Fi and Bluetooth enabled massager. Yeah, that pleases you as much as it excites them. Doesn't matter if you keep control or hand it over. The interactive massager will have your partner ready to see the light whether they are in the room or around the world. Five LED lights pulsate to the vibrations, making this an incredibly visual experience. Only $149 US. Only? Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of activity is sort of priceless, isn't it? Yeah, listen, and by buying that, you automatically, um, because the order is over $50, you automatically qualify for some free lube. <laughs> How convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I yeah. Why are we talking about this? Well, we're talking about this because of your musician friend Vaughn, oh, right, who's okay. written up her song. But I can't believe you didn't get caught down the rabbit hole of the idea that there is an entire cadre of performers making money based upon people hitting a button on their screen and it activating the thing. Yeah, and well, as a result of that, that's how they make their money. That's that's. That's 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 fascinating. Um, okay, I found I found the Sukin Lee song. It's called "Vocal Improv with Vibrator." Runs a minute forty eight, and it's from a nineteen ninety four album called Lavinia's Tongue. It it runs just shy of two minutes. <laughs> just yes, just shy of two minutes. 
London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. People opened their wallets this week. Oh, they did. Well, that's good because uh, we do have a lot of expenses that I guess we have to cover for this broadcast <laughs> that uh, has not been audited by the board of directors or by the co-founders of the pod- podcast. No, you're right. It hasn't. But the good news is, is that all the money I have spent on miscellaneous cables and crap uh, has all come out of the cash that we have already built up over the last oh, little while. Okay, good. So it's not cutting Wait, we have anything. a slush fund? Basically, that's the whole idea, yeah, is that when people donate to the show, we plow it right back in. Uh, So we want to say thank you to Adrian Bashford, who pledged $25 on the 15th of August, which makes him the producer of the co-producer of the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Thank you, Adrian, for that. We also want to thank Antoinette Van Dickenberg, who did the same thing from her $2 an episode donation up to 25 bucks as well. So um, this sort of sounds like like a 70s CCR type thing or... Or something, you know, Bashford and Dickenberg, Bashford, Van Dickenberg, Antoinette and Adrian. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a seventies love duo. Yeah, I you think know, so pre, too. Pre-disco, um, peaches and herb, you know, yeah, fine. So that's what we'll put on the album art. If you support the show by being a co-producer, which is twenty-five bucks on Patreon or via PayPal, if you prefer, uh, we'll send you the album art, which you can then download, print off, frame, and hang in your parents' basement. Uh, and of course, your name gets added to that. Chris, we want to say thank you for your one-dollar pledge. You are now a member of the world's worst intern program. Of course, what makes it the worst is you pay us to work on the show, don't do any actual work, and we just pocket the money. Uh, Mark Wagner as well pledged a dollar too. So thank you very much for your support of the big show. Well, we'll try and show you what you're getting for your money on the 20... What's the date? The 26th. 26th? You better show up. Well, no, I'll be there. Again, I I can't leave you in the lurch, and I want to see what kind of mania you've descended into with this whole thing. It'll probably crash three minutes in, and that'll be the end of it. that's what I'm worried about. I really am. You can go to geeksandbeats.com slash live, and that'll just automatically reroute you to the event page on Facebook, where you can click going, which means that since you've said you're going or interested, that when we do, in fact, go live, you'll get a notification on your smartphone. Can you send me that link right now? Because you haven't said, yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure I did. Not only that... But I also made you a co-organizer of the thing, which means that when we broadcast live via the Geeks and Beats page, it'll automatically tell everybody on your page the same thing. Oh, okay. Well, send uh, send the link. Yeah. It, it's all so super high-tech. Well, well I know. The, you know what the, the, the weakest link is? Your internet connection. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If that thing goes down, we're going to burn up my LTE feed. Well, yeah, no kidding. Because I worry about Sunday nights because a lot of people will be back in from wherever they were over the over the, uh, the weekend and maybe yep. settle in and start, you know, watching a lot of TV, surfing a lot of the internet, watching a lot of Netflix, and that could really bring down uh, the broadband speeds in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. What what do you, what is your uh, what is your connection? Oh, you you are addicted to this. What what is the what do I do? Speedtest.net? Yeah, uh, yeah, speedtest.net. Yeah. Okay, so as we're measuring penises here, you do it too. I am. Okay. Connecting. Okay, what's your download? Uh, my download is averaging about 43. What? Yeah. I'm 31.4. Upload. My upload's about 7.3. Oh, my upload is about 20. 20? Yeah. 
All right, we're moving the show to your house. We <laughs> may have to move the show to our house. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter, Facebook, and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.